Welcome to All Saints Sunday. This is Pastor Heather Wigdahl, and I'll be sharing with you readings for Sunday, November 7th, 2001, along with a sermon based on our gospel text. Our first reading is taken from the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verses 1 through 6. In this reading is a vision of the new heaven and new earth in which God resides fully with God's people, so that mourning, despair, and pain have been eradicated. These renewing words from the God who spans all of time are trustworthy and true. We hear the vision from Revelation chapter 21. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bridegroom adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. And our gospel for today, taken from the 11th chapter of John, verses 32 to 44. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. Jesus said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man Lazarus from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace and peace to you all on this All Saints Sunday. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Today. We remember those who have died this past year, especially those close to us. We have walked alongside them in life and faith, and today we remember those saints. For our faith has been shaped by their faith. None of us come to what we believe entirely on our own. We are deeply shaped by one another, by the saints who have gone before us. Beliefs and practices are handed down through their traditions, their wisdom, their hopes, their dreams, even through their limitations, our faith has been shaped by those we remember today on this All Saints Sunday. And we shape one another's faith too. We model and represent and hand down our faith 
to our children, grandchildren, to our neighbors' children, to one another. Just as we remember the saints who have gone before us today, we are reminded today too that we are God's saints in the world. Now that title, we might resist for ourselves. Most of us would say we are far from a saint. And yet, just as we have been shaped by those we remember today, so too through ordinary ways, as ordinary people, we teach and embody faith to one another. We are God's saints in the world. And I know in our popular imagination, a saint is someone who is perfect and selfless, who dwells in holy ecstasy and impeccable goodness. But as Dorothy Day once said, don't call me a saint. I don't want to be dismissed so easily. Let us then also not dismiss our call to be God's saints in the world, to be about God's good work in the world, to venture forth on the hard road of discipleship. For this path is not just for some who have super saintly power. It is for us all. I think we find ourselves in a cultural moment that tends to want to divide people and institutions into clearly defined sides. Good guys, bad guys. Right side of history, wrong side of history. Our side, the other side. And while I think the issues that plague us, racism, sexism, classism, ableism, homophobia, xenophobia, it is important for us to try to measure ourselves by the future we create. Asking what's right side is the right side of history matters, but today, this day reminds us too that the human heart is never so easily reduced or measured. Martin Luther, of course, gave us a wonderfully helpful phrase to understand this truth. Simul justus et peccator. We are simultaneously saint and sinner. We are both holy and wavered at once. In this Latin phrase, Luther names a paradox that we are redeemed yet in need of redemption all at the same time. All Saints reminds us that God meets us, saint and sinner, despite our contradictions, and God makes good out of our haphazard lives. All of us, even the best of us, are in need of imaginable, unimaginable mercy and forgiveness, and all of us, all of us are capable of incredible love, too. We as the Church are first and foremost a community of forgiven sinners, not a community that embodies some sort of practices of perfection, but a community, a body of believers who are both struggling and being transformed all at the same time by God's grace along the way. We are sinners and we are God's saints. The word saint is a form of the word hagios, which means holy. In the Bible, hagios refers to holy things or holy people. And holy just really means set apart, special, because of being in contact with God. It is God throughout the scriptures who make things and people holy. Holy communion, for example, is a special meal because it is a meal of fellowship between God and us and each other. The Holy Bible is a special book because it connects us with God and our story as God's people. And a saint... A saint is a holy person, holy, special, because they too have been in contact with the Holy God. Or better said, through the work of the Holy Spirit, God has been in contact with us. It is always God who makes holy. The truth is, being a saint is not something one does for oneself, 
though we often use the word in that way. We think of a person as a saint because they live a good life, which indeed may be true, but a saint really is a saint because God has touched them, changed them, and the goodness we see is a reflection of that connection. A saint, as Luther would remind us, is simply a forgiven sinner. Long ago in the waters of baptism, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. You were marked with the cross of Christ forever. And God has been and continues to be in contact with you, with every one of us. And because of that connection, we are God's saints in the world. Joined to the mission we share of giving thanks and praise to God and bearing God's creative and redeeming word to all the world. In the words of our baptismal liturgy, right? A saint is one who lives out the rhythm of their baptism from death to new life, through confession to forgiveness, through brokenness to hope. In our gospel for today, yes, I'm finally getting to our gospel for today. Maybe you're getting a little nervous about how long this sermon might be. Bear with me. In our gospel for today, we hear a story about Mary and Martha, their brother Lazarus who has died, and their friend Jesus. This story in our gospel is not unfamiliar to our own life experience because we know the pain of loss too. We remember people today whom we've lost. We know the sense of helplessness in the face of tragedy. We know the shock when confronted by death. Death always comes as a surprise even when we think we've had time to prepare for it. And as much as our culture tries to evade the reality of death, if we just do all the right things and none of the wrong things, we'll live forever. (laughs) The reality is death comes. But more than that, we also experience little deaths all along the way to a broken marriage, a failure at work, an act of violence, a betrayal. These can feel like a death blow. In life, we travel through many joys and wonders, but little deaths happen all along the way too. And like Lazarus, we can find ourselves bound up in death's clothes, bound by disappointment, hopelessness, despair. And like Mary, we can cry out in anguish, Lord, if you had been here, Lord, if you had been here, we would have found a cure. I wouldn't have lost my job. My life wouldn't have fallen apart. Where is God in the midst of such things? In those moments, we aren't sure. Death has come, hope is gone, you are too late to Jesus. Mary doesn't know what Jesus will do. She doesn't know what he can do. She doesn't even pray or ask for what comes next in our gospel story. And I think when we are most vulnerable in our deepest despair, grief, fear, pain, we can be at a loss too for what to pray for. It is in such moments we most need the promises of God proclaimed to us. We most need those ordinary saints of God around us to be faith and hope for us when we can't for ourselves. In the Gospel of John, the story of Mary and Martha and Lazarus is a foreshadowing of Jesus' own death and resurrection, a foretaste of the promises of life for us beyond the grave. But this story is also a proclamation of life here and now, long before death comes. Life in the presence of God, in the presence of one another. Life in the presence of God's saints. Life as God's saints in the world. Lazarus, come out, Jesus cries. Unbind him and let him go. Death does not have the last word. 
and all those little deaths we experience, loss, pain, and ending of any kind, and ending of any kind does not mean our end either. Because God is always in contact with us through the saints around us, through the promises of our baptism, no matter what else may define us, our jobs, our families, our hobbies, successes, our failures, we are also and always God's saints because God in Christ, Jesus is in contact with us, unbinding us, transforming us, filling us with new life. There will always be parts of us that need healing. There will always be parts of us that need bolstering. There will always be parts of us that need forgiving and renewing. So we bring our whole selves and we welcome one another wholly too. So we gather as God's saints to be fed by the God who is constantly in contact with us. I hope the next time that you look in the mirror, do me a favor if you will, pause for a moment and take that moment to look a little more deeply, to see, to really see the parts of you that need healing the parts of you that need encouragement, the parts of you that need forgiveness. And then, and then try to see as God sees you too, that you are holy, you are forgiven, you are being transformed, you are connected to God now and forever. Give yourself, give your reflection a high five. For you are God's beloved. You are God's saints in the world. Thanks be to God. Amen.